Weather Report is a weekly public affairs program providing independent media coverage of environmental and ecological studies with a focus on local, state, and regional people, issues, and events in order to foster open discussion of human relationships with nature and the earth and to encourage you to take personal responsibility for living sustainably in the world. Eco Report is produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana and financially supported by listeners like you. Hello and welcome to Eco Report for WFHB. I'm Juliana Daly. And I'm Robert Schull. Later in the program, environmental correspondent Zero Rose gets a breakdown on some bills currently in, before the Indiana House and Senate in part one of his conversation with Sam Carpenter, the new executive director of the Hoosier Environmental Council. And now for your environment, environmental reports. To help Indiana schools celebrate Earth Day 2024, the Indiana Department of Environmental Management, IDEM, is offering free, hands-on classroom presentations to elementary students across the state. Every year, IDEM staff visit schools to talk about their careers and share STEM-based lessons on air, land, water, and recycling. I am pleased to have IDEM staff with classrooms to work with Indiana leaders of tomorrow. Our STEM-based lessons are a great way to emphasize the importance of taking care of our environment while also introducing them to environmental-related careers, said item Commissioner Brian Rockensus. I hope Indiana's teachers will take advantage of this great opportunity. Classroom Earth Day presentations are available for elementary schools and vary in length from 30 to 50 minutes. The interactive presentations offer activities such as reduce, reuse, recycle your trash and how long does your trash last or a demonstration on how water flows through a watershed. In-person classroom presentations are available on a first-come, first-served basis throughout the month of April and each school may request up to four presentations. Registration is now open Teachers can request a classroom presentation by visiting this website. Here you go. on.in.gov slash IDEM classroom. The UPI reports... The UPI reports obtaining financial relief following more frequent natural disasters in an era of climate change will be easier under new guidelines published recently, the Biden administration says. U.S. officials say people impacted by natural disasters should now have an easier time obtaining help through the Federal Emergency Management Agency's Individual Assistance Program, which includes financial assistance to help pay for lodging, food, and other necessities following a natural disaster. Quote, the limitations of federal assistance have delayed disaster recovery for too many, especially communities that are disproportionately affected by disasters, end quote. Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas said in a statement last Friday. 
FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell said the changes are the most significant program updates in 20 years and eliminate red tape to make it easier for individuals to obtain services, resources, and support when natural disasters occur. Majorcas and Criswell said more frequent extreme weather events caused by climate change made it necessary to update and streamline the system so disaster survivors have faster and easier access to needed resources. FEMA removed prior loan application requirements to obtain certain types of financial assistance through the Small Business Administration and other federal agencies and programs. Now, disaster survivors can apply for financial help from FEMA and the SBA at the same time. FEMA also will pay up to $42,500 to households for costs not covered by insurance, including deductibles and losses that exceed insurance limits. The financial help is in addition to insurance payments that might be made to cover insured losses due to a natural disaster. FEMA previously would not help those who received at least $42,500 in settlement funds from insurers. The United States endured 28 natural disasters that totaled more than $1 billion in damages in 2023, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration reported. Other disasters also occurred, including drought in the South and Midwest that caused about $14.5 billion in damages, CNN reported. How much ice is Greenland losing? Researchers have found an answer. The island is shedding 20% more than previously estimated. A study found potentially threatening ocean currents that help regulate global temperatures. Greenland's expansive ice sheet is known to be shrinking, especially since the 1990s, because of warming from climate change. It's a fate shared by the um, Antarctic ice sheet as well as glaciers around the world. Now a new study reveals that about 20% more of Greenland's ice sheet has disappeared than previously estimates show. The missing ice has been breaking and melting from the ends of glaciers around Greenland's perimeter. The new research published Wednesday in the journal Nature provides a detailed accounting of the process that scientists knew was happening but had struggled to measure comprehensively. Almost every glacier in Greenland is retreating, and that story is true no matter where you look, said Chad Green, a glaciologist at the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory and lead author of the study. The retreat is happening everywhere and all at once. Because the ends of these glaciers generally sit below sea level within deep fjords, their retreat isn't uh, directly adding a significant amount of sea level rise. But melting ice still adds an influx of fresh water that is, has implications for global climate models and projections and for the system of ocean currents that regulates temperatures on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean. Dr. Green's team combined more than 200,000 observations of glacier endpoints covering almost all of Greenland based on satellite images taken from 1985 to 2022. The researchers used observations from existing public data sets and combined them to create a comprehensive bird's eye view 
of the contracting edges of Greenland's ice sheet over the past 40 years. Earlier estimates of the changing size of Greenland's ice sheet were based on three types of measurements, the altitude of the sheet's surface, the velocity of ice passing by a fi fixed locations, and the gravitational pull produced by the sheet's mass. Combining several of these estimates, scientists arrived at a consensus that Greenland has lost a total of nearly 5 trillion metric tons of ice since 1992. And now we turn to Zero Rose and Sam Carpenter of the Hoosier Environmental Council as they discuss the ongoing legislative session at the state capitol and propose laws relating to wetlands, wildlands, lead testing, and lead service lines. We have with us today Executive Director of Hoosier Environmental Council, Sam Carpenter, and he's going to be talking to us about some bills that are going through the legislative session and uh, which ones the HEC is for or against. Um, first one I think we'll start with there is HB 1383. That's a wetlands bill that would reduce the amount of wetlands that are protected by changing the definition of class three wetlands. Um, what's the status of, of that one or, or anything you wanna um, put in about that? Well, yeah, you started with a big one there. Um, so 1383 is a kind of a, a push on forward to further erode wetland protection in Indiana. This is um, uh, a fight that <clears throat> took up in 2021 on Senate Bill 389 that um, eroded some of the existing wetland protection at that time. This is a, a kind of a push on top of that. Um, 1383 would reclassify some class three wetlands, which are most uh, protected wetlands and require the highest uh, mitigation rates. And mitigation is really essentially just rebuilding wetlands somewhere else, um, which frankly, <clears throat> a, a built uh, west wetland, a planted wetland often doesn't uh, have the same effectiveness or success at the services that wetlands provide than a, a natural wetland. Um, but 1383 uh, would further reduce the amount of class three wetlands in Indiana. Um, there was, uh, you know, Hoosier Environmental Council has been part of a, a group of advocates that have um, worked to introduce counter legislation, uh, legislation that would address um, some of the concerns that developers and builders have with our wetland permitting process um, to pro provide more visibility into um, the process and uh, simplify it some by really essentially combining the uh, federal process that's with the Army Corps of Engineers in our state uh, process uh, into a, a single kind of classification and more simplified classification system. That's, so that's something that Hoosier Environmental Council worked with the uh, Conservation Law Center and other wetland advocates to develop legislation to offer as an alternative. Unfortunately, that has not been given consideration. Um, we were not really part of conversations with um, IDEM and the Builders, Indiana Builders Association that developed 1383. Um, so I think they've uh, they felt quite a bit of um, 
you know, push back on 1383. And as a result, rather than really considering uh, reconsidering that legislation, they're 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 rushing it. Uh, they moved it up to a hearing in the Senate. It started in the House. They moved it to a Senate hearing uh, that's going to be tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, the 31st. Um, and that's uh, weeks in advance of a normal switch from one chamber to the other. So in the face of confrontation, they are rushing rather than responding, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, we have had about uh, a thousand uh, emails go out to legislators uh, just through Hoosier Environmental Council alone in terms of um, people saying, please oppose 1383, our wetlands are important. And I know other organizations are involved as well. So they're hearing that, um, they're responding, just not the right way. And so on the flip side of that, there is Senate Bill 246, which I believe is scheduled to be heard today, January 30th, Tuesdays when we're talking. Um, and that's the one put forth by Senator Sue Glick of uh, LaGrange and Senator Blake Doriot of Goshen. Yeah. And, uh, that would extend the existing program, uh, the voluntary incentives, right? Yes, it would. It, it would allow voluntary tax incentives for private landowners who choose to protect wetlands on their grounds. Um, so that is something that we're celebrating, we're supporting, uh, we're advocating for. And as I understand it, that hearing was today and it did make it out of that committee. So uh, that is a bill that um, will need to go to the full Senate chamber to be moved on over to the House. Um, but we appreciate that Senator Glick has put that forward um, and been an advocate for wetlands, and um, we're seeing some progress on that bill. It is good to see, have those areas to uh, to celebrate and support uh, when we're faced with so many um, bills that actually uh, go the, put move uh, Indiana in the wrong direction toward environmental sustainability. One one other thing I'd like to add on about 1383. Um, so <clears throat> right now, there is a proposed massive water withdrawal from the Wabash River over to Boone County Leap District. I've heard different uh, numbers in terms of the miles, but about 35 miles of pipeline that would uh, transfer up to 100 million gallons of water per day to support a development in Boone County called the Boone County Leap District. Um, the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, the IEDC, has said that that water is needed to support uh, advanced manufacturing that they want to attract to that Leap de development. And, and they say, that central Indiana has a projected shortage of water. Uh, Indiana's water supply is not going to be able to keep up with our projected growth in central Indiana. So they say that water transfer is needed for both reasons. Um, as a result, the governor, Governor Holcomb, has um, asked for a study by the Indiana Finance Authority to do a comprehensive study of Indiana's water supply. So at a time when 
our water supply is in question. Um, we're looking to have to uh, transfer up to 36 billion gallons of water a year from one aquifer to the other. Um, our wetlands are under further uh, erosion of protection. Now, the reason that's important is because our wetlands are very connected to our aquifers. They recharge, they refill our aquifers. Our aquifers are very connected to our water supply. So um, this is the wrong time to be reclassifying, uh, removing protection from our wetlands. Um, we really need to be focusing on our wetlands as being part of our comprehensive water strategy for the state. And so does, uh, I guess there are two bills, House Bill 1305 and Bill 2 that deals with uh, major withdrawal facilities. Does, is, is that to do with, with that project as well? Yeah, so right now we don't really have uh, any sort of regulation or permitting around water withdrawals. Um, major water withdrawals, I'm not sure what the number is, is, is I think it's like 10 million gallons a day or, uh, or <clears throat> what is considered significant um, are supposed to be reported to DNR, uh, Department of Natural Resources. There's just a uh, requirement to report it. There's no permitting or anything along those lines. So really, um, when you're withdrawing water, um, because it's coming from the aquifer, we're all connected, all our wells, all our water is connected underground through these aquifers. So it's not like it's the water on your land, it's really the water on everybody's land. Um, or underneath it. And so there were uh, attempts by Representative uh, Nagel um, and uh, Senator Deary, who are in the region that's impacted by the uh, proposed water withdrawal, uh, to offer legislation that would require some permitting around these major withdrawals and, and to start looking at developing a comprehensive plan for Indiana. Neither of those bills have received hearings uh, through the House or the Senate Utilities Committees. Um, that means they're uh, dead on arrival in the General Assembly. Um, so that's a uh, frustration. Um, and those were attempts to uh, to deal with that issue, but they have not uh, been able to move forward. There's another one uh, to do with water issues. Uh, Senate Bill 259, uh, Local Wastewater and Clean Energy Districts. Yeah, that's a bill um, by Senator Cadora that would allow, uh, um, as I understand it, I, I haven't seen the most recent copy, but would allow for Marion County to create these districts that would encourage investment in clean energy and clean water. From the clean energy standpoint, there's cost savings that come with clean energy, with renewable solar um, that and, and efficiency uh, standards that can actually um, go toward the um, cost of the installation. So it would allow a funding mechanisms to uh, put those future cost savings toward the initial development and investment. 
Um, so that's something that's done in a number of states. And so that was a good bill that we supported. Unfortunately, uh, that one does not look like it's going to move forward in this session. Well, I see another one that you guys are for is uh, House Bill 117. And uh, I guess that's to do with grants for schools to do lead testing. Yeah, this is one of our uh, positive areas that um, uh, Representative Jackson has helped uh, move forward um, a bill that would allow uh, grants for lead testing for for schools and rem remediation. Um, there's also another bill around lead that is uh, SB5. It's a bipartisan bill that would allow easier access to lead service lines so and so that they could be uh, more easily replaced um, and, and less costly in that replacement. Um, you know, Hoosier Environmental Council has been involved with lead um, issues through uh, a contract that we have with the Indiana Department of Health. Um, we have a program where we have been uh, educating, raising awareness about the importance of lead testing among young children. We're, we're working, partnering with the NAACP and the Minority Health Coalition in the um, in 10 different communities around the state um, to encourage uh, lead testing among kids. Now, uh, preliminary results, uh, we've had over, uh, through our partners, have had over 10,000 conversations, interactions with people, and we've seen over a 12% increase in testing in those communities where we're active. Um, and that's compared to about a 3% increase in communities that we're not active in. So um, lead and health and child's health is something that's important to us. And um, we're seeing that, um, seeing some good things happening in the legislative session around lead health, uh, you know, the the um, harmful impacts of lead poisoning among young kids as well. So we're encouraged to see that. And I believe that SB5 has passed the appropriation. Yes, I think both of those bills are progressing. Um, and I don't have the latest uh, update on that. Uh, kind of at my fingertips right now, though. This is In Nature. This is Juliana Daly with In Nature. Today, I am talking to you about Pitcher's Thistle also known as dune thistle. It is native to the shorelines along the upper Great Lakes and can be found in Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ontario. Thistles are important food sources for certain birds, especially the American goldfinch, which feed almost exclusively on thistle during late summer and early fall. Small mammals also consume the seeds. The pitcher's thistle is considered threatened and is one of many rare or declining species inhabiting the dunes of the Great Lakes region. 
It flowers and sets seeds only once and is a perennial herbaceous plant that flowers after a five to eight year juvenile stage. It prefers open windblown areas. It is stout and prickly and can grow up to three feet tall. The flowers are cream or pink colored and grow at the end of branches. The leaves and entire plant are blue green in color and densely covered with white woolly hairs. Due to continued development and overuse of the sensitive Great Lakes sand dune ecosystem, there is a risk to pitchers' thistle habitat. Invasive plant species such as the spotted knapweed pose a threat. Other threats include climate change and predation by weevils. Efforts are being made to protect this threatened plant by building special sandboxes so they can produce seed. You've been listening to In Nature, a production of WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Juliana Daly. And I am Robert Schull. Are you looking for a way to make a difference on environmental issues? Here at EcoReport, we are currently looking for reporters, engineers, and segment producers. Our goal is to report facts on how we're all affected by global climate disruption and the ongoing assaults on our air, land, and water. We also celebrate ecologists, tree huggers, soil builders, and an assortment of champions who actively protect and restore our natural world particularly those who are active in South Central Indiana. All levels of experience and all ages are welcome, and we provide the training you'll need. WFHB also offers internships. To volunteer for Eco Report, give us a call at 812-323-1200 or email us at earth at wfhb.org. And now for some upcoming events. Eagles Over Monroe is an annual event that celebrates Monroe Lake's Unique history with the bald eagle. That event began Thursday, the February 1st, and it runs through Sunday, February 4th, with special activities planned for each day. Go to bit.ly slash eom2024 to get the full schedule. Brown County State Park continues their winter hike series with the Lake That Never Was hike on Saturday, February the 3rd from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Hike to the Taylor Hollow Lake to see the third lake in Brown County that was started and never completed. This is a 2.5-mile rugged hike. Wear waterproof shoes and dress for the weather. The Whooping, the Whooper Wednesdays will continue at Goose Pond fish and wildlife area until February 21st. Come to the Visitor Center on Wednesday, February 7th at 8 a.m. to walk the property and see if you can spot some of the resident birds, including the endangered whooping crane. Make sure to dress for the weather. A winter exploration hike at Allen's Creek State Recreation Area at Monroe Lake is scheduled for Wednesday, February the 7th from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. These hikes feature off-trail hiking through lesser-known areas of Monroe Lake. There is no set path and no planned route. There are no formal toilet facilities. Register at bit.ly slash weh-feb7-2024. Learn about Earth's most venomous snakes at Brown County State Park on Friday, February 9th from 4 to 4.45 p.m. in the Nature Center. Indiana has four species of venomous snakes. Snakes, you will learn how Indiana's venomous snakes compare to the rest of the world. 
And that wraps up our show for this week. Eco Report is brought to you in part by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. Found locally at 812-334-4003 and on the web at mpisolarenergy.com. This week's headlines were written by Norm Holy and Indiana Department of Environmental Management. Today's news feature was produced by Zero Rose and edited by Cade Young. And, uh, Juliana Daly assembled the script, which was edited by Eco Report team. Juliana Daly, Indiana Daly, I can't read it. Juliana Daly compiled our events calendar. Cade Young and Noel Herhusky Schneider provided today, produced today's show. Brandon Blewett is our engineer. For WFHB, I'm Juliana Daly. And I am Robert Schull. And this is Eco Report. Thank you for listening and have a happy Groundhog Day. You've been listening to the Eco Report. A volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB. In Bloomington, Indiana. Available for download and podcast at news.wfhb.org. Eco Report is your independent, ecologically inspired news source. For South Central Indiana. Bringing you news that the earth wants you to hear. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Eco Report staff. The email address is earth at wfhb.org. That's earth at wfhb.org.